0: Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, we'll recap Falcons and Panthers. Ritter will be fine, and now the work begins. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Uh, Hitting Hard is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Falcons win, Falcons win, Falcons win. Look, was it the most aesthetically pleasing game? Was it the best game that the Falcons are going to play? What, was it a thing of beauty to see the Falcons, you know, in their performance? Absolutely not. But what did we talk all about last week? Lie, cheat, steal, whatever you have to do. Falcons win 24-10, and their opener for the season – the first time that they have won an opener since 2017. So that's also the last time, coincidentally, that they were in the playoffs. Now, as far as the game, we'll, we'll talk more in depth about Ritter himself and things. But look, it was what it was for an opener. You, you played a rookie quarterback making his first ever start against a pretty good defensive front at home. You had to find a way to win that game. And the Falcons did what they had to do. So first thing is, um, as far as we've talked all offseason about red zone efficiency, right? I mean, I've harped on that. Harped, 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 harped on that. Falcons were three for three scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And look, obviously that pace will not stay nobody scores 100 percent of the time in the red zone but that was a big key and and obviously that's the thing we've been harping on the most when you have all of these weapons on offense whatever your performance as long as you're scoring touchdowns when you get down deep you'll be fine and it changed the dynamic of the game It, it certainly changed up the ability to be able to score touchdowns every time you got in the red zone certainly changed up the dynamic of what that football game became. Now, as far as pass rush goes, it was pretty much non-existent until later in the second half. They did pick up a couple of sacks. Troy Anderson and Grady Jarrett both had half a sack. Lorenzo Carter picked up a sack. But by and large, it was pretty non-existent. Now, again, we talked about you know, Bryce Young did make some plays with his legs. He did run a little bit. He had three rushes for 17 yards, and the, the long he had was was for 15. But, again, he's not a guy that wants to take off out of the pocket and run with it. You know, he's not a guy that's looking to run first. He was a guy that was going to stay in the pocket, by and large, and throw the football around. So, again, when you when you don't have – the, the sort of threat, although, like I said, we, we talked about this last week. Yes, he can make plays with his legs, but that's not what he wants to do. So I didn't think the Falcons did a great job as far as pass rush goes. And again, we'll see if that improves over the course of time. But I didn't think that they at times made Bryce Young look the way that he needed to look. Now, look, to, Young's, to, but to both Young's credit and to his, I guess, discredit, he made some really nice plays but he also missed some big opportunities that, that goal line play where when they were backed up at the goal line on the, from the horse collar play, he missed a guy wide open on the first on, on first down that again, if if he completes that pass, they're, they're basically out the midfield at that point, or that kid may have scored a touchdown. He was behind the defender. So again, he missed some definite open plays that were there and, and they couldn't take advantage of it, but give the Falcons credit for what they had to do. Now, Jesse Bates, he's going to be the player of the week defensively in the NFL this week. He had a monster game. A couple of interceptions, helped force the fumble, and was in 10 tackles, and was all over the field. So he had a monster game, which, again, I'll say, you know, and, and I know people, oh, you, you've been on Bates. What I'm on Bates about is I've always said that he, again, go back and listen. I think he's a great player, but I don't think spending $64 million on a safety is the best thing to do. And you saw, again, you're not going to play a rookie quarterback making his first start. Did you see what Jordan Love did yesterday? Did, did you see what Jordan Love was doing? They rolled the Chicago Bears. That's your next opponent. That That's, again, I. I you had a rookie quarterback and you did what you had to do but you're not going to get that chance to do that every single week. You're not going to play a rookie making his first start every single week. You will see Aaron Rodgers and quarterbacks like that throughout the season. So again, Bates was fantastic. He should be the NFC defensive player of the week. Now, the other thing about this too is, you know, look, they ran the football effectively for what they had to do. The the stats aren't eye-popping or anything like that, but Algier was 15 carries for 75 yards. Robinson was 10 carries for 56 yards. So both guys averaged over five yards a carry. Both guys had at least one 20-yard run in the game. And I thought it was a really good debut for Bijan Robinson. He had 10 carries for the 50 yards, and he had six receptions. For 27 yards, he was your leading receiver in the game. And then obviously the touchdown pass where he caught the swing pass out of the backfield and just ran people over. Like, that's what we expect to see. And again, when we're talking about red zone efficiency, he's going to be a monster in that. That That's where he's going to thrive is being that kind of threat when we get down deep that he can punch it in. And Algier, again, we talked about this, you know, on the podcast. Don't sleep on Algier. Don't don't sleep on the fact that Tyler Algier is still going to be a big part of this offense. That just because they drafted Robinson doesn't mean that Algier's numbers are going to go down. 15 carries, 75 yards, and he scored two touchdowns. And that was, you know, again, more red zone efficiency. So I thought that the Falcons did what they had to do against a weak opponent, against uh, a, a divisional foe, at home doing what you have to do. Was it aesthetically pleasing? Was it a thing of beauty to sit back and watch? No. But it's a great first win. You know, and and look, I like I said last week, I would rather win, I'll I'll win and play ugly than to lose in a thing of beauty. And and the Falcons did exactly what they had to do. They were efficient in the red zone. They were Good running the football. They created turnovers. They got a couple of sacks on Bryce Young. I thought they would have three sacks on Young when all was said no, because I thought Young would run himself into a sack, at one or two sacks, you know, on it. But they got a couple of sacks at least. They got that. And they were, you know, they did what they had to do. The defense looked pretty good. Defense did what it had to do. Again, you're playing a rookie quarterback starting for his first time. The last time that a... I, I, the the stat that we that I was trying to think about last week, I saw that that it was on the graphic. The last time a first ever quarter a, a first overall drafted quarterback won his opener was two thousand and two. Twenty one years since a quarterback that was drafted number one overall won his opening game. Now think about that. Twenty one years ago, two thousand and two is the last time that happened, and that was David Carr by the way, too, David, not Derek Carr. David Carr was the last guy to win, be drafted overall and win his season opener. So it doesn't happen, right? I mean, it, it, it's it's been 21 years and it's certainly not going to happen this year. So again, the Falcons did what they had to do. They played well enough on defense. They created turnovers and were efficient in the red zone. And if you can keep that formula up, and again, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. If you can keep that formula up, you can hang in any game that you, you play against. If you can be great in the red zone, we talked about elite in the red zone, the Falcons will win plenty of games. Are there things to clean up and fix? Absolutely. And Arthur Smith addressed it, and he's talked about the idea of, look, you know, again, Our offensive efficiency wasn't outstanding, but when they got down deep, they did what they had to do. So great overall win for the Falcons, 24-10 over the Panthers. Now we'll look to line up against Green Bay, who rolled the Chicago Bears last week. All right, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and look, we are in NFL season officially, right? We are in the first weekend. First weekend is in the books. Now we're just waiting for the Monday night game, so Get yourself ready with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, if you're a new customer to FanDuel, you bet $5 and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's right. $5 bet gets you $200 in bonus bets. Plus, all the customers who bet the $5, they're also going to get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, secure. Super easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and everything in between. So head to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and get in on the NFL action. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Kick off the NFL season with an offer that you're not going to want to miss. $100 off Sunday ticket and $200 in bonus bets when you bet that first $5. Van Dool's the official partner of the NFL. So I know there was a lot of people that had angst about Desmond Ritter and the performance that he had yesterday. You know, Ritter was 15 for 18, 115 yards, 6.4 yards per attempt, with a touchdown and no interceptions. And look, he did take four sacks in the game, but Again, we talked about the fact that their defensive front is really, really good. Derek Brown and Thompson and Brian Burns, who they uh, thought initially maybe he wasn't going to play, but then he went out and played and he was just an absolute wrecking machine. Now, look, here's the thing about, about Ritter, okay? Ritter did what he had to do when he. Ritter did what he had to do, getting down in the red zone, making the plays that counted the most, you know, again, Pitts and London hall. where they didn't get targets in this than the other. Yeah. But you know, when Ritter had to throw the football, first off, he was efficient 15 for 18. So again, he wasn't Bryce Young threw it 38 times in the game. That's no pathway for what the Falcons want to do. I thought he would be somewhere 22, maybe 24. We said that, Hey, I asked you the question last week. 24 and a half pass attempts over under. I said the under, he was under all of that. When he did throw it, he was completing passes. When he had to target Pitts or a Mac Collins, again, they made big plays. Hollins made a huge catch. Pitts had that monster catch to get them down deep where he twisted and adjusted and all this kind of thing. But make no mistake about it. The Falcons. DNA and their identity isn't Desmond Ritter hucking it around. Do we want to see more targets and things like that to, you know, pits and London and all this kind of stuff? Sure, in a theoretical world. <clears throat> but that's not what our playing personality is. That's not what our identity is. Will it get better? Will it be more efficient? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, part of this is week one. That first offensive series that the Falcons came out with on the opening kickoff was dreadful. Ritter completes a pass to himself and they, they just get behind the line of scrimmage mean, again, but this offense has to stay ahead of the chains. They can't get themselves into second and third and long. And and that's where this offense, <clears throat> when you see when they don't get ahead of the chains, they get bogged down in this. And and you're not going to ask Ritter to throw it 38 times. I mean, unless you're telling me that we're down like two touchdowns through the games, I don't see where Ritter's ever going to have a game where he's going to have 38 pass attempts. I, truthfully, I, I don't see, I, I don't, and by the way, if he's throwing it 38 times, we're not going to win. That That's not a formula for success for us. So I thought Ritter for what he was asked to do, played well enough. He was efficient, passing the football. I'd rather have him take a sack than to make a mistake. He didn't turn the football over at all. And the, 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 the main key is when they got down in the red zone, they were three for three on touchdowns. And I've harped on this and harped on this. That's where we have to be great. That's where we have to be elite. All of the other stuff, to be honest with you, really doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter. You know, what what you do between the 20s and this, that, and the other, and blah, 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 and do you huck it around or do you run the foot? Whatever. Nobody cares. You're either great in the red zone or this team isn't going to get where we need to be. And this team was great in the red zone, They were three for three on scoring touchdowns. That's all that matters. I don't care about your fantasy football league and the number of targets that Pitts got or the number of targets that London got. That all doesn't matter. And I told you all this, that, look, this is the squad that we have to... Now, look, when you do throw it to Pitt's, he better be great. Well, he had a terrific catch on that ball that was thrown deep to him. Turned his body and made the adjustments, and you know, and again, by the way, too, Pitts also had a 25-yard gain that was ne- negated on a holding penalty. That was by my guy Chris Lindstrom he had that holding penalty, that negated a 25-yard you know pickup on that. So again, for what Pitts and London and all this are, they're fine, and and Ritter's fine too. Again, will Ritter have some bigger performances? you know, over the course of the season? Absolutely. But he was efficient throwing the football. He didn't turn the football over. And the main thing was they were elite when they got to the red zone. And if Desmond Ritter can be elite and the red zone, I don't care what all of his numbers are. I don't care. That's why I told you. I said, look, I think he's only going to throw for about 2,900 yards. People had visions of, He's going to throw for 4,000 yards and 34 touchdowns. I mean, mean, look, if he throws for those kinds of numbers, he's going to be the MVP of the league. We're, We're talking about MVP of the league types of stats at that point. I don't think Desmond Ritter is going to be the MVP of the league. But for what Ritter, what he needed to be, and for what they're going to ask him to do, he was fine. He was good enough. Again, you know, you want to see the yards per attempt up. You want to see this. You want to see that. But I'll take 15 for 18 with a touchdown and no turnovers. And we're three for three scoring touchdowns in the red zone every day of the week. If you told me that we replicate those numbers every single day of the week, that we're 80% completion percentage, we don't turn the football over. We we, we throw touchdowns but don't create interceptions and we're 100% in the red zone, I'll take that every day of the week. And I don't care if Desmond Ritter throws for 800 yards this season. I'll take those numbers every single day. So again, the offense will be fine. Ritter was fine for what they asked him to do. Don't be looking for a 38-pass attempt performance because you saw with a guy like Bryce Young, you know, again, that's not a formula for success for teams. Throwing it 38 times, for most quarterbacks, unless you're a. a. Ron or Tom Brady, isn't the formula for success. All right, as you listen in to Hit and Hard, make sure you go into whatever podcast platform that you're listening on and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. So we do thank you so much for being a part of our ever-growing community, but let us know that you're an everydayer, as we like to call them, that you listen in five days a week into the show. Well, the Braves over the weekend, I was at the game on Saturday night for the uh, tribute to uh, Andrew Jones, um, great crowd, great uh, atmosphere, great environment. I mean, it's always fun to be at Truist Park, but most importantly is it's fun to be there when there's a winner and the Braves on Sunday clinched a playoff spot. So now the work begins, okay, because the division is about to be wrapped up, right? Remember when I told you three months ago that the division was over? division has been over for a while, okay? This this is a, a fait accompli, but here's what I'll say. And I'm consistent about saying this, okay. All the things that the Braves are doing right now, right? They're the first team to 60 wins, or 70 wins, or 80 wins, or 90 wins, okay? They're probably going to win 100 plus games this year. Again, they took their two out of three from the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know who stink. Um, again, I don't even, uh, don't even know who the who's next up on the schedule, but Braves are doing what they have to do, right? They're they're winning their ball games, okay. Obviously, we're talking about their offense, right? Um, you know, the maybe potentially the best home run team in baseball history in a single season, right? Chasing down the home run record. Ronnie's going to be the MVP of the league. You know, they're getting outstanding performances all the way around and all this, that, and the other, okay? If you don't win the World Series, it doesn't mean squat. And And anything that doesn't include being in the World Series, doesn't really matter. Again, I will go back to that 2003 team. What's the one thing about 2003 that I, I will always remember in 2003. I don't, I don't necessarily, re, you know, look back fondly on, you know, Javi Lopez's 40 home run season, or the fact that Marcus Giles had 50 something doubles and they were outstanding. And Rafael Furcal had the second most run scored in a modern day season for the Atlanta Braves, 130-something runs, you know, whatever. It's Leo talking about after the series, well, anything can happen in a short series, and Pryor and Wood. That's what 2003 would remember. And that team was 100-plus wins, most runs scored in modern-day Braves history, 900 runs, and all this, that, and the other, and all the numbers, and all the fantasy stats, and the, you know, uh, analytics and sabermetrics and metrosexual stats, and all these other good kinds of things, right? But 2003 is a failure because they couldn't do nothing in the playoffs and they got shut down in prior by, by Pryor and Wood by the Cubs. And I'll always remember Leo, well, anything could happen in short series. That's the one takeaway I have from 2003. Move forward. The one takeaway will be do the Braves end up playing in the World Series? The Braves have to be, at minimum, a World Series team. Nothing else will be looked at as a success. I don't care if Ronnie wins the MVP. I don't care if they set the individual home run record. I don't care if this guy does this and this guy does that and RC is the all-star starter and all that kind of stuff. It all goes out the window if you're not a World Series team. All goes out the window. It'll all be for naught. Because again, the ultimate goal is to have parades down Peachtree Street or by Truist Park or wherever. I don't really care. Again, you want to go down to Noonan and have a parade? No problem. I don't care where you have the parade. What I want is World Series championships. And that's what this, that's what this franchise needs to be measured by. It's great. I mean, the individual stats and the team stats and all this kind of stuff and records and all the kinds of things. And and the season that Ronnie is having, it's miraculous, right? First guy to have 30 homers, 35 homers, and 60 stolen bait. No doubt about it. It's It's all a miraculous bunch of numbers and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't mean a hill of beans if it doesn't succeed. We can be the first team to win. 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 games. We can clinch a playoff spot in the first week of September. That's all great. That's all great. We expect those kinds of things to happen. But this will be all about, are we the champions at the end of the day? And look, with that, and, and you see that banner, you see that, that cover the AJC right behind me. That's what it's all about. Not about, hey, regular season pennants and trophies and all this kind of stuff. You see that banner that's right behind me, that that, that cover of the AJC, where it says champs? That's what counts most. And now the work begins. Look, do I think that the Braves are the best team in the National League? Absolutely. Do I think that they're the best team in baseball? Absolutely. Do I think they have the best offense in baseball? Absolutely. Do they have a really good pitching staff with Freed and Morton and Strider? Absolutely. There's nothing about the Braves that tell me that, oh boy, this is a glaring weakness. Oh boy, they don't do this well. They play defense well. They pitch well. Their bullpen's good. Their closer's really good. They can they can mash the ball. They've got tons of speed. You get Ronnie and Ozzy and Harris on base, those guys can circle the bases and run loops around the bases. They can do everything. But again, it won't matter at all. It won't make a hill of beans difference if you're not in the World Series playing for that championship. Now, I'll say, again, I'm not going to say World Series championship or bust, but you better at least be in the World Series. You better be in the Fall Classic because anything short, and I don't care who you play, you can play the 27 Yankees. You, You can have the ghost of the 27 Yankees, rise up out of the dirt and line up and play with Ruth and Gehrig and everybody else. You can have those guys line up and play. You can have the reanimated, you know, images of the big red machine that all rise up out of the earth. Although a lot of those guys aren't dead. But again, you know, we're, we're just living in fantasy land. Doesn't matter. Now the work begins. Now is when it counts most. And now that they're in the playoffs and the division is about to be wrapped up because, again, you know, the, the Philadelphia Phillies and the Fishnets and the Mutts and everybody else, you know, again, for all of their hoopla and hype and talk and all this kind of stuff, they've been pounded on and are way by the wayside. Now the work begins. And hopefully this thing culminates in another championship banner because the Braves are the best team in baseball. They're the best team in the National League, the best team in baseball. They've shown that all season long. But now you got to get down to business. And now it all starts, you know, moving forward here. Again, everything else is just gravy at this point. Now that we know we're in the playoffs, this is what matters most. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard your first listen. Be sure to go into whatever podcast platform that you're listening on and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the show. So we call them our everydayers. And we do thank you for listening in five days a week to the program. So let us know that you are out there and you're an everydayer. We also ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. We'll be right